Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and I'm delighted you've decided to join me for this exploration of pilgrimage. This is a weekly podcast about El Camino de Santiago, an ancient pilgrimage, and most likely the most commonly walked journey is what's called the Camino Francaise, which winds its way from the French town of saint jean pied de port to Santiago de Compostela in northwest Spain. There are, in fact, tens of thousands of kilometres of Caminos across Europe. You can walk from Belgium, Germany, the Netherlands, even Jerusalem. I like to call it slow tourism, a gentle step-by-step journey across foreign lands. But of course it's more than that. It's a spiritual journey. And pilgrimage, by definition, is a journey of discovery with a purpose. Charles Dickens wrote in Little Dorrit, And thus, ever by day and night, under the sun and under the stars, climbing the dusty hills and toiling along the weary plains, journeying by land and journeying by sea, coming and going so strangely, to meet and to act and react on one another, move all we restless travellers through the pilgrimage of life. It might be that you're simply off on an adventure, and the Camino, as an adventure, is, in my humble opinion, one of the best adventures one can undertake. It might also be that you're searching for something else, perhaps an answer, perhaps guidance, perhaps you're walking in prayer, perhaps you're walking or planning to walk in silence. I've never come across anyone walking in complete silence, but have heard reports of people doing it. For someone like me... It'd be very, very difficult. But also, I kind of imagine it would be hugely rewarding. Pilgrimage, overall, is not for everyone. If you're going to walk paths most travelled, chances are you're going to stay in albergues, common dormitory-style accommodation with many, many pilgrims squeezed in cheek to jowl. There's nothing quite like a room full of sweaty, stinking hiking shoes on a 35-degree day or 100-degree day, Pilgrims leave their shoes at the door when they check into an albergue, and that shoe room or rack is generally at the front of the albergue. You're only going to wander in there that first time, because any return trip is beyond the pale. The municipal albergue in Nahira sleeps 90 in one room, and the windows are on the street side of the building, so there's no through breeze. The only air movement on the night that I was there was the atmosphere being sucked in and out of snorers' noses. (laughs) We had a world-class snorer with us for a few weeks. In Nahira, his brother was so fed up with his snoring that his shirt fronted him and the other pilgrims thought it was this full-blown brouhaha. But it was just one brother demanding the other stop honking and keeping us all awake. A Scottish pilgrim later pulled the non-snoring brother aside and thanked him and congratulated him. The snoring, I'm afraid, is a necessary evil. While walking the Camino Frances in 2017, I quite often arrived in town at the time that the albergues were opening, so about 1 or 2 p.m., and I was in the majestic city of Pamplona and struck up a conversation with a German pilgrim in the bunk opposite. He was walking his ninth Camino, each time walking for a friend or relative who was ill. He would ultimately ask for their name to be written on the Compostela. He said it motivated him and gave him a reason to get out of the house each German summer. He was 84. Well, he was also an Olympic-class snorer. Later that night, I thought someone was sliding a fridge out of the kitchen into our room. The walls were shaking. The backpacks were talking to one another, plotting their escape too. It was deafening. 
I had earplugs in and still this German honker was rattling around my head like a marble in a shoebox. The following day I arrived early and stood in line at the albergue and the master snorer arrived shortly after and he was next in line. So this nightmare continued. The sun was still well beneath the horizon in Estella when his alarm went off at 4am and he was on the bunk above me and started sort of fidgeting around to get ready for the day and I tried to sleep and he marched off to the shower. Well, not long after, the clatter continued and I opened my eyes and his bare bum was staring me right in the face. (laughs) Now, I'm a grown man. I've had brothers and younger and older sons. I've got a grandson. I've seen it all before. But this was the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. I said, for sake, mate. It was a bad mistake. He turned around. You'll make friends and people you'd rather not befriend in albergues. But I slept only one night in a hostel in a total of 37 nights in 2017 because I love albergues. Someone will have a guitar or a ukulele. Someone will be a little bit drunk wanting to tell everybody they love them. You'll hug strangers. You'll get cranky in the morning. But you'll be living. A group will form to go for tapas. Tapas is Spain's gift to the globe. German snorers, not so much. You'll laugh and cry on the Camino, but most importantly, you'll find something unexpected. Well, this week's episode is something I've been toying with for a while, but it was my guest's suggestion that finally provided the encouragement to do it. This is going to be a Before the Camino podcast. I'll talk to Tom Bull from New Jersey in the United States today and learn about his motivations, what he expects, all the before stuff, and then in a few months' time or whenever he's ready to talk, when he gets home, we'll talk again. So this is the first instalment of two episodes dedicated to the pilgrim, Tom Bull. He's on the line. Welcome, pilgrim. How are you, Dan? Buen Camino. Yeah, Buen Camino. Before we get to the Camino, all right? You work with computers in IT. You've been doing it for decades. Tell me something. What's it like to have observed the massive change in technology and the change it's made in people's lives over the last few decades? In a word, it's uh, being nimble. Um, It's Mm. ever-changing. And we need to, I need to adapt. Uh, I serve the small business and residential community with their technology. And I've seen great shifts. I've seen uh, incredible advancements. I've seen the downside uh, to some of it. And if I don't adapt... Um, I feel like I'll fail. And that's part of my motivation for doing the Camino, as I often am heard saying, I'm afraid to take my foot off the gas as a business owner in technology, that when things are good, I want to make sure they keep getting good. Um, So I have to do a lot to stay ahead of things and to make sure that I'm not just giving the people what they think they want, but I'm giving them what they need. Yeah, wow, that's a great answer. How do you keep abreast of all that change? Yeah, it's a lot for sure. Um, I've made it a habit. I read quite a bit uh, or I consume uh, information quite a bit, uh, Mm. probably like an hour or more a day to kind of stay ahead of it. And I'm in a number of peer groups and I, um, I work with colleagues and we still kind of, even if they're, they're virtual, we do some trade shows and conferences and other things yeah. uh, to learn from each other. And that's a big thing, too, because 
um, the the world has gotten so small yeah. because of technology that the people that are in technology benefit from it greatly because there's somebody around the corner or around the globe that's that's in the predicament you're in or facing the challenge that you face and has an answer. And I can often get answers far quicker in a Facebook group than I can uh, Googling. So that's been that's been really good. But I spend a lot of time uh, reading and staying up on it for sure. Yeah, you've appeared on a number of podcasts in relation to technology and IT, and you said you enjoy spreading good information around to the people who really need and want to hear it. So what made you reach out to me to do a before and after podcast? Yeah, I like many people, I got my initial um, idea to do the Camino from watching the movie The Way. And, you know, it got kind of stuck in my head initially, and I didn't really know that it did. And then I saw the movie or a bit of it later, and it, it tweaked me a little bit more. And then I got COVID before the vaccine was available. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought after that, that my bucket list items really needed to come first, because even though I was not that sick, there was people dying all over the place and that someday may never come. And I wanted to make sure that I did it. And uh, so I put it, I made it a high priority. And in my planning, um, I have really embraced and perhaps even obsessed a little about about it and all the aspects to it, um, equipment wise and the physical, the training and all of that. And I felt, I feel after six months or so of training, which I may have overdone it, but I, I feel really strong. I feel really good. Good. Um, I'm already pretty fit, but I'm, I'm ready to walk that much every day. But what I wasn't ready for, and I'm, I'm not sure I am yet, is the spiritual, mental, emotional uh, aspects right. of it and what my expectations are and what I hope the Camino brings me. Yeah, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But you wrote to me to say, Dan, I, I, I'm running out of gas. What yeah. does that mean, I'm running out of gas? So um, I've been in IT for 40 years. Uh, I've owned my own business for 15, 16 years. Prior to that, I basically ran businesses. So it's been kind of the same job. Um, And I'm 60 years old and I want to be done at or before 65, but I'm exhausted. Um, And I, what I said earlier about not taking my foot off the gas, uh, I run at a very high RPM and I'm, I'm afraid of petering out and running out of gas. So I, as I, as I speak in other podcasts and talk to other business owners uh, who do what I do, um, they experience the same thing. And I said, you know, I wish that we as a society went back to uh, what used to happen quite often in the fifties and sixties, the big corporations would have their executives go out on sabbatical Um, and I think Nike actually is still one that does it after you've been there for like 10 years, they send you out on a six month sabbatical so that you can kind of re-energize and recharge and, and come back reinvigorated, which is a, a wonderful idea. So I've said to people, I'm like, look, if we could take not a week, not two weeks, um, if we could take some real time off, I bet if we got re-energized and stepped away we could come back and we could make it across the finish line strong. And that's kind of 
that's my big expectation is that I'm able to quiet my mind, uh, empty out my heart, empty out my brain and kind of get to decide what goes back in as I finish this last leg of the race, which is, you know, whatever ends up happening in the next stage of my business, whether I sell it or, yeah. or something else happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess selling the business or moving on after a lifetime is that, are you scared of what's ahead or are you excited by what's ahead? That's a great question. Um, perhaps a little of both. And uh, funny, you know how things just kind of come to you or they happen. And and I, I'm kind of hoping for more of that that's happened to me a couple times in my life where I'm all of a sudden I'm in, something's right in front of me and it's like painfully obvious that you need to do this now. This is the choice now. And in listening to your podcast and listening to, I can't remember their names, but uh, the Happiness Cafe, uh, those two. And then, uh, there was, there was another one where I'm like, you know what? I might, I could see myself, uh, maybe if only for a short time going out and working in an albergue maybe and, right. and doing future, future Caminos. And maybe this is the next stage for me. I mean, wow. I have some idea of what I want to do and you know, everybody wants to play golf for a little while and go fishing <laughs> and, and, and travel and everything. But what are you really going to do? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about that aspect of it, but I have a feeling it's going to come to me and I'm, and I'm hoping I can find it uh, out on the Camino. So this closure that you're seeking, um, is it a, are you seeking it with a sense of sadness or gladness? Not at all. Not Yeah, gladness, joy. Right, um, yeah, okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a very positive person and... Um, I'm, I'm not running away from something. I'm running towards Good. something. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very upbeat and open to it. Great. That's fantastic. So when you talk about this sabbatical and, and this need to re-energize yourself, why the Camino necessarily? You know, I, <laughs> everything happens for a reason. So, uh, I, I was saying in, t- in my business to the, to the people that work at higher up in, in the company that I was like, you know, next week uh, or next year, uh, I'm only going to work four days. And then the year after that, I'm only going to work three days. Uh-huh. And then so on till I kind of uh, wean myself off of it. And similarly, next year, I'm going to take three weeks off all at once. And then the year after that, four weeks and then five weeks. And I was like, you know, it's going to take me forever to get that big chunk of time that I want. And the timing is just right. My youngest is graduating college and he works with us and he's exceptionally good. He's, he's smart. He's engaging. Um, he can manage. So uh, I feel very good knowing that he's graduating university now and I can let him delay I asked him to delay uh, the start of his career uh, to come and, and be at our business while I'm away. Um, mm. And he's going to be home with his mother while I'm away. And she actually is going to meet me in Syria for the last leg. But uh, up to that point, she'll be, you know, I'll be on my own. But I, the, the timing, the, I, I wanted to do it next year, um, when I got the idea last year, but I'm like, you know what? I, I think I should go now. And I think uh, I will have, I will not have the opportunity of having my son able to be there to help. He's not going to run it, but 
the extra pair of hands, the extra technical body will be very helpful to me. Fantastic. What a beautiful son. You you say that, and you wrote to me to say, you've told other business owners that if we were able to step back and regroup, we could likely go for another few years with a renewed spirit and clarity of purpose. What stopped you up until now, do you think? Why now, the sabbatical, this journey? I feel like, you know, again, the getting COVID gave me, uh, and just experiencing COVID kind of gave me the, the kick in the behind that I think I needed. Because I, I, you know, I'm like, I'll do it someday. I'll do it someday. And someday may never come, right? Um, I, my, my knees and my ankles, my back might give out, and I won't be able to do the Camino. So uh, I figure this is the best shot that I have. Um, and that's why now and not, you know, a year from now or, or yeah. even a year ago. And, yeah. and I'm so wrapped up in my business. And this is part of my expectation for coming out of the Camino. There's a couple of things. I mean, my mind is always going. I'm even I'm listening to people speak, uh, you know, whether it's somebody, you know, a customer or or a family member or even in church. And, and the priest is speaking and I'm thinking about work. And I'm not present. I'm not, I'm not fully engaged. Wow. My wife will tell me things. My wife will tell me things Thursday night and then Friday morning. I, you know, I don't remember it, not because my memory is shot, but because I was thinking about something else. I, I, my mind is going too fast. I need to slow it down. Wow. Yeah, Tom Bull, you need to get on the Camino, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, really. It seems so obvious. Well, it, it's it's – <laughs> I've been in a situation where I worked myself way too hard and learned a lot of lessons from it. Um, Yeah, yeah. One of the things I really loved, one of the paragraphs in an email you wrote to me about a week ago, you said, I'm a religious person, a good Catholic that went to St. James Grammar School and Catholic High School too. I received all my sacraments at St. James Church and my birthday is St. James's feast day, July the 25th. There's too many signs to ignore. Have you been aware of St. James's presence in your life, your whole life? Have you, have you ever connect, connected all of the, the dots before? Not until now, no, sir. Right. And, you know, it's the, the, the things that make it com- a complete picture and a complete story. Um, and maybe it's not completely connected, but I've been walking for a while. I used to run. And so I've been walking, you know, pre-COVID, Uh, I was walking every day, maybe two, three miles every day before work. Um, and, uh, and then COVID came and that was really the only thing that you kind of could do. So I started to do it with my wife and prior to that. So we were, so we've been walking kind of the whole time. So the idea of walking more and farther is, is not that difficult to Mm. transition. Mm. Um, but I also, uh, as a new year's resolution in 2019, um, I wanted to learn to speak Spanish. So mm-hmm. I started, I started taking Spanish lessons, just Duolingo, just, you know, learning a little bit every day, walking every day. And then, I mean, it, it I was just like, wow, I, I've already been walking. I'm already learning Spanish. Oh, and after COVID, when I was really sick, I was watching a, a television, television program on HGTV. Do you know that channel? I don't, but yeah, go on. H- HGTV, yeah. So they make this one called Mexico Life, and it's about moving to Mexico. Uh-huh. And could you move to Mexico? And this is like a thing for me. 
I've, I've often wanted to do. I love the culture. And so I'm like, well, Spain, Mexico, I know they're different countries, but it's, it's kind of in the same vein. So I was therefore connecting all of those dots already walking, learning Spanish, and then all of the St. James connections. It was just too much to take. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, I want to take a step back uh, just to, to, to one last question about the business and, and leaving it. What about on the Camino? Uh, are you going to truly, yeah. and I mean this, truly be able to let go? When you talk about the fact that you're always thinking about it, even when the, the parish priest is, is giving his homily, will you be <laughs> yeah. able to let go, Tom, or will you be one of those pilgrims in the town square that everyone's calling out to you over in the darkened corner on the phone, Tom, Tom, come back to the table. <laughs> it can wait, Tom. Please, you know? I, right? I, I, I really <laughs> hope not. I, I am preparing... I am preparing for this um, as best I can, yeah. and I can't be completely irresponsible, but here's, here's what I decided. I decided that uh, I'm actually going to leave an auto-reply email um, to everyone that I'm going on a pilgrimage and I'm going to be out of the country, no email, no voicemail. Uh, if you really want to speak to me, need to speak to me, reply back to this one. Uh-huh. And I'll get to you when I come back. In the meantime, you can call these other people. Yeah, right. So um, then once uh, once a week, Wednesdays, which is my normal Wednesday finance meeting, um, I will have that weekly call, which will be by the time I enter into whatever city. Um, if I get in there at 3 o'clock, it'll be 9 o'clock back there. I'll have a half-hour uh, phone call once a week. And I'm, uh, I'm teeing up everything in terms of uh, putting activities on the certain people's calendars, all the details and writing everything out. And it's been a good thing because it forced me to write the process of the things that I do that I can then give to somebody on a printed page or as a link or whatever right. and say, here's how you do this task and that task. Yeah. And yeah. Globally, or, or on a much bigger, much bigger view, is I think that I have empowered my staff to run uh, the business without me, that they're empowered to make decisions and do things. And this will prove if I've really done that. And if I've really let go as much as I think that I have, and, and as a, another bonus, my hope is that the staff members will rise up to their potential. And it could be a really good thing for them yeah. to be able to function without having to lean on me and be able yeah. to make decisions all their own. So yeah. that's, that's another part of my expectation of what's going to come out of here. It's going to be better for my business too. Yeah, that's great. And you wrote to me one last question <laughs> about the business. Sure. You wrote to me to say it could be a very eye-opening exercise or a real business killer. Okay. This is a before and after podcast. What do you truly believe you'll come home to discover? Um, what I hope and what I expect are probably two different things. So I'm going to try and blend uh, the lines there. That uh, I hope the that it's still open. I hope the business is still. I hope it's still running. Uh, everybody's still there. No one's quit. Uh, under the, under the stress. Uh, but what I, but what I really hope is when I come back is that I can find more time for myself because they can do it without me. They yeah, don't, yeah. they don't need me. They need my guidance, but they don't need me there day to day. 
And this may really further that, uh, that point and that initiative that that's, that that's going to happen. And the, the worst thing that would happen, you know, when I said it could be a business killer, I don't really think that's going to happen. Uh, I'm too established. Uh, but I mean, it could, it could hurt. Um, some people might, you know, uh, some of the staff might not be real happy, uh, might lose a customer. I mean, I don't know. No, I, uh, I'm certain you'll be fine the and, and the business will be fine. So. You're going to come back and yeah. say, what was I worried about all that time? I've been I thinking know. about it too much. I hope that's true, Dan. Yeah, I'm certain it's true. I hope that's true. true. I'm certain it's true. And, and that's, I'm, you know, the, there's from, on a personal level, and, and, you know, this is the what I, I thought would be interesting take for some of your listeners who may also be business owners and, and what they're concerned about. But personally, I have like a couple things that I want to free myself of. I'm, I'm, I have a tendency to very, be very judgmental. Uh, and I, I really hate that about myself. Um, I pray on it a lot. I, I ask for forgiveness, uh, during confession about it because it's something that really sticks in my craw. And I, uh, I want to be rid of that bad aspect of my person. And then, uh, the other thing is I take things way too personally and it affects me at work. It affects me at home. And I've got to figure that part out. And I'm hoping for a little Camino psychology that uh, um, some some good conversation, some good quiet time, and some good Spanish wine will uh, will help me out. <laughs> Tell me about Tom Bull's family. What are they thinking of this of this adventure you're heading off on? You know, I don't. I'm not sure any of them are surprised. Um, my wife uh, is very supportive, has been always very supportive of everything that I've ever endeavored to do. Um, and I remember when I was coming back, we were coming back from one of the outdoor outfitter stores. I had picked up some shoes and a, and a rain jacket and we're driving home. And I said, you know, honey, thank you so much for letting me do this. You know, it's really important. And she said, I don't think I could stop you. And it, that rang that, I mean, that just resonated with me because I had read another, um, I had read an excerpt from a book where someone asked the author, you know, um, why did you do it? And her answer was she had no choice. And I feel it. I feel the call and it's, it's going to be good for my marriage. It's going to be good for the relationship with my, with my kids, with, with work. And, and even my kids are, they're, they're adult sons, so 28 and, and 22, and um, they're well on their way and, and don't need dad. But they, they know that I'm a spiritual guy. They know that I, I kind of think big. And if I'm going to do something that if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I've always had their support and they've always had mine. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely because... I'm not getting any resistance, at least not openly. <laughs> yeah. So in talking to customers and family and people in your community, people perhaps at church, and you're telling them, well, you know, I'm going to do the Camino. And when they say, well, what's the Camino? How do you describe it to them? Yeah, that's great. Because, I mean, as a Catholic, um, I've always found this thing, I mean, you can talk all of, all you want about God, but as soon as you say the word Jesus, everyone recoils. So I, I, I 
I'm finding it hard to lead with the fact that it's a religious pilgrimage. I, I say I'm hiking across Spain and it depends on their reaction um, to that. And when I say the name, how much I'm going to tell them. Um, And I'm basically saying, I I don't, I feel like, and sometimes I'm apologizing, which I don't really want to do. Like I say, yeah, I, I, I don't have a broken spirit or anything and I'm not having a crisis of faith or anything. Um, but I feel like I really want to do this. And what it comes down to is words that I heard in one of your podcasts about, about renewal and rejuvenation and re-energize. And that's kind of what I explained to them. It's, you know, and, and all they hear often, all they hear is that, wow, you're walking 15 miles a day, you know, where are you sleeping? And, you know, they, they're not keying in to the spiritual part and the, uh, the, the part that's going to matter. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. So here you are getting the business ready for you to go, getting the family ready for you to go, working out what you need to do and where you need to be. What about the Camino itself? Are you well prepared in that respect? Are you staying in albergues? Are you, as I sometimes say, a spreadsheet pilgrim? Uh-huh. So I am a planner. Uh, I'm a technology guy, right? So yeah. I use the technology and I like to be efficient. Uh, I don't, um, well, I, I want to say this properly. I'm, uh, I have, after my research, which I, I did a lot of, and it's probably safe to say that I'm obsessed. I have probably seven books on my nightstand and, uh, watching all the YouTubes and everything else. And I, and I got kind of a picture and I said, you know, I'm, I'm 60 years old. Um, I'm pretty fit, but you know, I'm not sure I'm going to make it 35 days of walking if I have to sleep in a bad bed and maybe get bad sleep and maybe get bed bugs and, and all of this other stuff. So I was like, you know what, I am going to do a planned uh, trip. And, and that has a lot of, I don't know, controversy, but you, you hear and read about um, people who say that's a terrible way to do it. And it's an uh, unauthentic Camino. Yeah. Um, but I'm, if I want to do it, if I'm going to, if I'm going to do it and I'm going to get the most out of it, I need to be, uh, I need to do it this way. So it's completely planned and, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and maybe my subsequent Caminos I'll fly by the seat of my pants. But, um, I, I felt that I needed to plan it, uh, so that I can get the most out of it. Wow, great answer. That's fantastic. Uh, I guess the, 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 you know, when you think about it, you said that you're a bit of a planner. Have, have you scheduled rest days? Do you, do you expect to do some a touristy things as well? Um, well, uh, part of the, the one that I signed up for gave me a rest day, uh, one in Lyon and one in Burgos. And, uh-huh. I had read somewhere where they said, you know, early on, it would be really great if you could get a rest day, maybe in Pamplona. So the, the idea that the trip from, from, from portal to portal, from when I leave my home to when I return is 40 days. And, um, I added a rest day in Pamplona, which changed it to 41. Then when I found out the true graduation date 
for my son uh, out of university that it was going to be the day I was originally going to depart. So I had to move it uh, one day and therefore take the rest day in Pamplona out. And it brought me back to 40 days, which that, that number is not wasted on me. <laughs> so the, the whole, you know, me being on this journey for 40 days. And even when I tried to change it to 41, it went back to 40. Um, I'm, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that whole thing. And, and I think the rest days, you know, I don't know if they're in good spots or not. It seems like they're okay. I yeah. hope they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, both- I hope I don't miss out. I, I hope I don't miss out because of all the planning. You know, you hear all this, you run into somebody that you, you want to, uh, you know, you want to hang out with and, and I don't want to leave them uh, behind or them leave me behind. Yeah. Um, or if I get injured or if something else slows me down. But um, it, I, I'm a doer. I'll make it to every stop when I'm supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, all of those three cities are magic places. So if you have a rest day, you'll, you'll thoroughly enjoy it. Thoroughly enjoy it. Tom, let me ask you this. What if you arrive on the Camino and find you don't enjoy it at all? <laughs> um, I'm... I can't, I'm going to finish it. I'm, I'm a very committed person. I won't, I'll make it. I, I will, it, it may be, I don't think it's going to be terrible. I can't see how I'm so enamored with it. The, it's got a romantic quality yeah. to it. Um, and obviously a spiritual uh, one. And it's made me at times, even reading about it or watching things made me very emotional. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to Cruz de Ferro. I've been carrying my stones around in my pack been practicing with my with my pack on for for weeks and weeks um i'm really looking forward to that i'm expecting that when we talk about expectation uh i'm expecting that moment to be very transformative i hope it lives up to um to my expectation and everything that i've heard and read i'm sure it will Uh, what piece of advice have you found most helpful in your research uh, the one I'm not taking, <laughs> which is, which is so silly, which is to, to let, <laughs> let the Camino provide just to, to, to kind of, uh, let it come, um, and to go with the flow. I, I, I need to do that in my life and I really should probably be doing it that way, but I'm just, I'm just not comfortable enough doing it mm-hmm. that way this mm-hmm. time. I'll need to experience it myself first because it sounds like everyone who does it uh, goes back and does another version of it again. Um, and I'll do it differently next time. But this time um, I'm going to go the way that I set it up, the way that I think I did the right things and hope that I did the right things and, and we'll see what comes of it. Fantastic. Can I ask you how you heard about this podcast? Um, yeah, I think I was just, uh, Googling, uh, right. Camino podcast. I came, I came across a couple and your voice is so soothing. Your tone <laughs> is so genuine. Um, and your guests are so varied. Um, and it was relevant and it was active. You were keep you, you were, you've been doing it for quite some time. And plus the song is really catchy. <laughs> <laughs> I played the song last night. I did a show last night uh, at a pub. I not saw that. Yeah. Far, not far from my house. And uh, I told the story. Um, I said, oh, this is a song I wrote on the Camino de Santiago. And all these people cheered. And, and I said, oh, 
that's really interesting. And then I played the song and we, I got this huge response and I thought, oh, wow, I'd forgotten that it's, everyone loves that song. I must play it more often. So it was, yes, a bit of, it was a bit of a realisation. I'm always playing other people's songs. I ought to play perhaps mine a bit more. Look, Tom, <laughs> I, I just love that people discover what we're doing here on this podcast. And I say we are because it's my guests more than me who are sharing their stories and engaging with the listener. I'm simply a conduit in many ways and I love that people find something useful and tangible. One question I'd like to close with is, if you could choose your future, your next 20 years, what would it look like? Well, hopefully it's full of grandbabies and golf. So... Um, <laughs> I, 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 I want to, um, I want to travel. I've, uh, actually been researching and this is for some time. I want to be a retirement gypsy. Um, I want to move around and live in different places for weeks or months at a time, uh, until I figure out where I really want to go and then retire, depending on what my children, you know, which one's having grandbabies and then I'll go move there for a couple of years. And then when the next one has grandbabies, I'll go move there. So uh, I kind of want it to be um, a lot less regimented, uh, a lot less stressful, right? I think everybody wants that. And, and you know, so many of us uh, live in service of others and, and lead very busy lives, and, and we all kind of want it to be less so. And I think uh, I'm no exception. Wow. Well, thanks so much, Tom, for getting in touch to suggest the two-parter. We'll all look forward to the next instalment on your return from the Camino. I won't be surprised at all if you ask to wait a while before returning to the podcast, to let it all sink in, to be able to make sense of what you've been through and what you're about to go through. And as you prepare to head off in a few weeks' time, let me say on behalf of me and all of my listeners, good luck, safe travels, take time to watch the sunrise and the sunset, and don't forget from time to time to pause to look back. Sometimes we learn from what we've been through, the villages, the moments, the pathways and the journeys, so we can better prepare for what's ahead. Buen Camino, Tom. Buen Camino, Dan. Thanks so much. My guest this week was Tom Bull. Tom's heading off on May the 21st on his first Camino, and I'd love to be able to say we'll speak to him as soon as he gets home, but you and I both know that'd be getting a little ahead of ourselves. We pilgrims know to take things a little slower. Remember Charles Dickens wrote in Little Dorrit, and thus ever by day and night, under the sun and under the stars, climbing the dusty hills and toiling along the weary plains, journeying by land and journeying by sea, coming and going so strangely, to meet and to act and react on one another, move all we restless travellers through the pilgrimage of life. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way, some